Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DustorProds.com movies and television podcast. We last did this in October. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and, fun fact, I've watched nothing. <laughs> also, fun fact, I'm using new equipment for this. New year, new us. Yep, so if this turns out fucking horrible, then... I don't know, blame Zoom. They made the thing I'm using. Thanks. What was it? Zoom? Yes. Thanks, Zoom. Yeah. For anyone curious, you'll be the thanks stuff. Obama of this website. Yeah, for anyone curious, I'm using the uh using the uh, Zoom Live Track L eight. <gasps> my audio looks really quiet, but that's usually what it looks like. Then I got to do my post. Hopefully this turns out all right. If it doesn't, then I guess I'm fucked. But anyway. Hi. We've watched some things. Me, significantly more. I rewatched the same shit because it was the holiday season. <laughs> Y'all want me to talk about fucking uh, Santa Claus coming to town again? I could do that. Nah, I'm good. But I did watch some new stuff. <sighs> See, I guess I start with the most recent, like the actual thing that I probably have the most to say about, just because it's new. Uh, Wandavision. I've been watching that, and hey, that, yo, you know Marvel? What about them? They made something good. What? No, that's impossible. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it it one division is really good. Fucking shocker. The fucking latest goddamn project from the biggest goddamn studio in the world with a host of fucking ridiculously talented people behind it. It turned out really good. Who the fucking fuck? But no, I've, I've really been enjoying it. Uh, it's three episodes in right now at time of recording. With the third episode releasing yesterday. And yeah, it's neat. I've been considering watching it, but I always like to give this shit like a little while to actually get some episodes out because I'm a binge watcher. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's got a couple more weeks left because it's 10 episodes. And we're three episodes in. Probably the last episode is going to be like a two-parter that they release at the same time. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, uh, WandaVision is the latest thing from Marvel. It is about Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, a.k.a. the lady who does the finger thing and then stuff happens. Reality rewriter. In the comics, yes. In the movies, it's just kind of... Woo. That's it. She just kind of goes woo when things happen. And then Vision, the robot that got its brain ripped out. So it's about the two of them, and each episode is a, like, pastiche of 
a different decade of fa- of like TV family sitcoms. With the first be- with the first episode being in the fifties, second in the sixties, and the third in the seventies. Hmm. Kind of kind of pulling from. Like the first two episodes are kind of pulling from like the I from like the bewitched I dream of genie shit, and then the and then the third episode is pulling like Brady Bunch. It's all kind of the same like style of humor and the same uh, and the same like characters throughout, but like the the like color palette and the actual like the actual like set design and costuming is all is all different, you know, between the eras. And yeah, it's just kind of, hey, we're in this fucking family sitcom thing. But oh, there's some dark shit happening around here. And it happens like once each episode, but that's not the point of the episode. The point of the actual episodes is we are doing a for real sitcom. Because every episode is has like their own A and B storylines that are entirely independent of, hey, something weird's happening here. Like the first episode, the entire episode is, hey, like the, the conflict for the episode is, hey, there's a heart marked on the calendar. Neither of them remember what it is. Hmm. Turns out, yeah, Wanda, Wanda ends up thinking, oh, hey, it's our anniversary. And her husband finds out, oh, my boss, Mr. Hart, is coming over for dinner. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and then comedy <laughs> shenanigans happen. Yeah. So I'll be looking at it for the C plot, which is the mystery that's going on underneath it all, right? Uh, it's not that hard to it's not that hard to find because it's very clearly pointed out. Like they don't know, like they aren't one hundred percent sure where they came from, why they're there now, or their story. Like you know, the couple's like, oh, "What's your story?" Like they don't mm-hmm. know shit. They just kind of showed up and then they're here and accepting it. So they're D&D players. Not they're really. all in a tavern. I don't drink. Except it. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But like, like anytime anybody tries to like, like the, the time, like the, the like psychological or like, you know, the beat, the, like the actual story shit starts happening is when people try to break out of what they're doing in the sitcom. Cause like with the, with the first episode, uh, this was shown in the trailer and the episode has been out for a little bit. So I'm not super weird about spoiling it but if anybody is anybody cares I guess spoilers for the WandaVision like once like once Mr. Hart and his wife comes over uh, they're all sitting down and the Hart's like alright so yeah what's, what the fuck's your two story like what where did you come from why are you here how long have you been together what's all this shit he starts choking on a like chicken wing or whatever and then his wife uh, funny enough played by the actress who played uh, Kitty in that 70s show she just start. She just starts like you know, like the oh Harold, stop it, and then just keeps repeating that line over and over again, getting more and more desperate each time, just like on the verge of almost crying. And that's when like the camera also shifts because up until that point it was like classic sitcom style. You know, you had we had like multicam set up, like one cam pointed you know for wides, and then another two another two cameras on either side for mids. You know, one thing I always want to see. What's that? I want to see like a third camera that is just like further back so it can see all of the other cameras. <laughs> We haven't done that yet. But I guess, yes, like up until, up until that point, even the lighting had been like super like 50s sitcom style. It was all, 
it, like everything was super evenly lit. You could see fucking everything. There were basically no shadows. And they get to this, and all of a sudden, it switches from the multicam setup to single cam, and it's just doing these close up shots where we actually see like the fourth wall that Vision is sitting in front of. Because that's kind of where things started to get weird. Was they sat down for dinner and Vision had his back to the camera? Whoa. You don't do that in a sitcom. Exactly. Like, that's against the rules. Yeah, but... Yeah, so it, 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 it just gets dark for a second, and then Vision, like, uses his powers to reach inside the guy and pull out the chicken wing. At which point he gets up, and then everything goes right back to 50 sitcom. Even the cameras. And was like, well, I think that went well. With the second episode, they have a talent show coming up, and Vision's trying to get in with the Vision's trying to get in with the boys and like get like the fucking neighborhood watch going. And Wanda has to deal with a fussy neighbor and the bee, queen and the queen bee that shit. And then things happen. And with the third episode, magic pregnancy, because you know she's a witch and he's a robot, and they got babies. If you know anything about the comics, then you know. If you know anything about the comics, you've essentially you essentially know what's happening, which is kind of the thing with most Marvel properties. I should think with most properties, if you, if you know the source material, you know what's happening in adaptation. But this is doing it very well. Uh, they kind of drop the whole. Uh, they kind of drop the whole like uh, old school style uh, like camera setup after the first episode just because you kind of already blew your load with that so doing it further would just kind of be you blew your load with that <laughs> yeah they, they already did that they already did like hey we got the traditional camera set up oh no wait this is a real show but then from there it turns into just being shot regularly but everyone's still acting and dressing and behaving like old school sitcoms and it's all done really well like the setting like the set all looks great uh, the effects, the, the effects, while the effects are like pr- appropriately cheesy, like the point in the third episode where uh, Wanda is like painting a baby's room, like setting up the baby's room, and it's all very clearly just a bunch of shit on wires. Which I that's charming, and yeah, so it is. It is a little bit uh, just kind of disappointing, just in the fact that. I kind of just get it. I like like once you once you get it, you get it, you know? That's a shame. A little bit, but for the most part it's still doing it well. Like it's still the characters are still good. I, it's it's more a shame that you you're fi- you're losing it a little bit because you figured it out. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, you figured out if if again, if you know anything about the comics, you figured out by the third episode. Well, actually, you figured out by the first episode, it's confirmed by the third. Always fun. Yeah, another thing that was kind of not great, uh, the fact that, so Monica Rambeau was in this show. For those that don't know Monica Rambeau, she's a fairly important character within the Marvel Universe. She is the second Captain Marvel, which is to say the Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers. The first Captain Marvel is actually Captain Marvel. He's an alien. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, uh, fucking Monica Rambeau took over as Captain Marvel and was like, hey, I'm fucking this. Well, Carol, I believe, was still Miss Marvel at the time. I believe this was before Avengers 200, so she was still in a good place. 
Oh god, that issue. Yeah, and so she was show- and so the character of Monica Rambeau was introduced in the Captain Marvel movies, little girl, and then and then like before this series released, we got, "Hey, Monica Rambeau's in this show." They haven't said the name Monica Rambeau yet. Despite the character having been in two episodes now. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, she's just Geraldine, and there's like some mystery behind who she is, but we know who she is, so there's no mystery. You know? Oh, trust me, I absolutely get that. It's one of the reasons why I often find myself unable to enjoy stuff that is, like, derived from something I already enjoy. Because I'm sitting there like, I already know all the answers. It's not as fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, a... Like, me knowing anything about Marvel kind of fucks this show up in terms of me enjoying a show like a show like Marvel shit. I don't even know what I just said there, but you get what I'm saying. And so, yeah, I just kind of... Like, I'm still enjoying the show. The show is... The show is very admirably like keeping up with what it's doing, keeping up with what it's, what's going for. The creepy stuff and like the weird, like, hey, is this working shit is, or like the weird, like, you know, overall story is still good. But I'm mainly coming here for like the family sitcom stuff because that they're doing that with such sincerity. Like, this isn't like a, like, the, people watch the show, there's going to be an obvious comparison to Pleasantville. But whereas with Pleasantville, it was, hey, here are the sitcoms. The world was kind of fucked. Get o- Welcome to the future, Grandpa. It's the 90s. Whereas I this, remember that movie. Yeah. Whereas this is just, these shows were fun. Let's be fun about it. But also kind of sinister. And I'm enjoying that. Uh, another element that the the worth mention well two elements worth mentioning for me at least uh, first one is each episode has a commercial in it just like in the, the middle, fake commercial I assume yes yeah just in the middle it will stop and then it will have a commercial for something uh, with the first episode it was a new toaster from Stark Industries and. You put the toast in, they put, they put the toast in, and then it starts beeping. It starts like the beep starts getting faster and faster and faster, like it's about to explode. And both the people who in, involved the commercial, who are the same people involved in every commercial, are just looking at each other like, are we gonna die? And the toast pops out, they go right back to normal. The second commercial is for uh Strucker watches. Uh Strucker As in Baron Von Strucker? Yes. A Hydra Man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like Hail Hydra. Yeah, it's like no man is complete without these two things: a beautiful girl at his shoulder and his strucker. And like the watch itself. Did I mention my mom gave me a stupidly expensive watch for Christmas? You did not. And I just looked at her like, "What's wrong with you? Why the fuck would you do this to me?" <laughs> it's it's literally sitting in the box until I decide to take it to a pawn shop and pawn it for <laughs> however much I can get out of it. <laughs> Oh. Because I'm like I'm not I don't wear watches. I have one nice watch that I wear to fancy things when I'm not going to be allowed to play on my phone. Oh no, yeah, I fuck man. I when I turned 18, my dad got me a diamond signet ring. 
What? Why? I don't know. He apparently does it for all his kids. I sold it for I sold it for seventy bucks. Hmm, that's a video game. I use it for food. Yeah. But yeah, and then like uh, the third commercial is for uh, Hydra Soak, a new sh- a new sh- a new soap. They treat it like herbal essence. There's oh god, your life's so stressful, but then you take a bath with this stuff, and oh my god, everything's perfect. Ignore your kids. Have a bath. You have know, a bath, motherfucker. Yeah. Bathe your sinful body. Wash away the guilt. Don't let it set in. Don't let it set in. Yeah, and then like with each one of them, you hear like a ticking clock kind of thing of just trying, like speeding up, like things are getting weird. And the last thing of note is we've gotten uh, shots from outside what's happening. Okay. Like like the majority of the episodes take place, like they're a letterbox, so they're all four by three, but then it will it will switch it will like slowly transition the letterbox will go away and then pillar boxes will move in to make it widescreen like anamorphic widescreen and then it will be hey here's modern day the first episode they pull back and then i fucking noticed on the per like it pulled out to like a monitoring station just a just a person sitting there watching this tv show that they're a part of but like there's a bunch of like shit around them i noticed they had a road procaster on their fucking desk for those who don't know, a Rode Procaster is an audio interface and mixing board used primarily for podcasters and live streamers. And it was on this fucking, like, government agency desk. Just, we are monitoring this ancient witch. We better get we better make sure Twitch can see this. Like, I wasn't 100% certain that I had seen it properly because it, I was like, no, they couldn't know fucking right. But then I pulled a picture and like, yeah, yeah, that's just a straight up Procaster. I think costs like 800 bucks. Oh God. Just it, it, it meant nothing to anybody but me. And I'm just sitting there like laughing my ass off. Uh, like your obsession with Noah's desk. Yes, exactly. That fucker with his piece of shit set up. Fucking just raw audio from a goddamn headset. mic. Not even a headset mic, like an inline mic on headphones. Ugh. That still pisses me off. But yeah, WandaVision has been good. It is a it is a show that going in blind can be very beneficial, but no one goes in blind because it's 2021. It's impossible to be blind anymore. So yeah. Also in the realm of, I guess, prestige miniseries kind of things, uh, the Stand started coming out. As in Stephen King's The Stand? Yes. I watched the uh, TV miniseries. Like recently or back in the day? Back in the day. She made me watch it with her. <laughs> it was not very good. Yeah, and this show it was, was not long. Very good. It was boring, and it was gory. Yeah, and this show is not very good. <laughs> It's a Stephen King show. What do you expect? Yeah. For those unaware, The Stand is not a great show to release in the middle of a pandemic. But why, Dead Man? 
Well, because there's a pandemic in it. What? No. Yeah, so a a weaponized version of the flu that for reasons unexplained in the show, people started calling Captain Trips. Uh begins going around the world infecting and killing basically everyone. It is a it is a 99.4% uh death rate. Or sorry, a 99.4% infection rate, which means a portion of the population is just immune because yeah. And then certain people start having visions. All across America, certain pe- certain people who survive start having visions uh leading them to either Boulder, Colorado or or Las Vegas, Nevada. Because the visions are either of Whoopi Goldberg in the role of magic black grandma or Alexander Skarsgård in the role of Randall Flagg, a.k.a. the man in black, a.k.a. the go-to Stephen King bad guy when it isn't Pennywise. Because Stephen King, he created this entire fucking... He has this whole weird cosmology in, in this fucking world where like everything is fucking connected. Like he is a, like he and our world is a character within his own story. And in a parallel dimension too. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's all just, it just fucking goes, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug kids. Um, didn't he write the stand after he got off the drugs? Cocaine is a hell of a drug, kids. Because you gotta keep in mind, like he, he started doing this shit. Like this shit, I think, started with it. Because like it was like, hey, we got this fucking deadlight shit, and then it later fucking like and like it brought up like the turtle, like the world turtle or whatever, with the ritual of chewed, and then. After that, chewed my dick. Yeah, and then after that, he fucking like brought that shit in with the Dark Tower, where Randall Flagg is also the bad guy in the Dark Tower. I don't know, man. It's weird. But anyway, yeah. So then, that's it. It's just a, it's a bunch of shit about like God and it's like a morality tailor. I I don't even know what the fuck it is. It's just weird. Like I, I watched an episode and a half of this. I have not spent any time like actually super looking into anything about the show or the story as it is. Like I've read a bit about it. There's a guy called the Trash Can Man, which he's my favorite character despite him being probably garbage. <laughs> didn't even mean that. Uh, I, I, I didn't even mean to do that. I, I could I could I could kind of tell, <laughs> but yeah, it, like from a from like a top down view, I'm not even a fucking fan of it just because I'm not a big fan of like what the story is doing right now. And then from a more like direct view, the show is just doing a bad job telling the story because it is jumping all the fuck over the place and dealing with so many fucking different characters in. Like it's it's time it time jumps like almost every fucking cut. 
Like, I, I get telling a story out of order and doing like an in media as resting of like, hey, here we are. And then we get the backstory. But you can do that like well. And they're not. Like, time doesn't seem to matter. I cannot tell like how long the virus has been doing its thing. I cannot tell how long Boulder has been a thing or anything. I don't know. I'm very confused about what's happening in the show, and I do not care enough to actually be told what's happening. I honestly couldn't tell you with how long it's been. All I remember is, like, spirit visions and traveling across country for some god ungodly reason. Yeah, just, it's... It's people are called to one of two sides. The good side, which is Mother Abigail, or the bad side, which is Randall Flagg. With... The, with the good side, it is a it is a small collective of people led by a council who all answer to a magic grandma, and the other side is just Caligula, but in Nevada. Those are our two extremes. There is no like, hey, I'm just kind of living. In, I'm just kind of living out in like I don't know, Reno. Things are all right. Yeah, everyone's dead, but like, it's more of an indoorsy guy anyway. Going outside's for squares. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, it's like, oh, what you want to go out and murder people? What are you, a fucking nerd? Yeah, I'll just fuck. I, I don't give a shit about anything happening in it. Also, Amber Heard's in it, so you know, fuck her. But yeah. <sighs> that show drained me. <laughs> like talking about that show made me tired. Uh, moving on. Uh, my mom got Amazon Prime. So now guess what? I got Amazon Prime. And I watched a show called Truth Seekers. It was a very weird show. They're seeking the truth. Yeah, like I don't know how involved they are in like any kind of creative process, but like it's starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, which are the duo from like the Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz World's End trilogy. And yeah, it's just about a it's about a like TV and internet installation guy and his new like sidekick his new like trainee as they go around to install like, you know, just TV services and stuff. Uh, and each time they end up finding some weird supernatural shit, which is great because the fucking TV, TV installation guy, he runs a YouTube channel called truth seekers where he does like supernatural and conspiracy theory shit, but like not the evil stuff. Just like, Hey, this room gets cold. Is it a ghost? Probably. Okay, bye. Man, that sounds like the best YouTube show ever. <laughs> yeah, like he 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 does it with a very like presentary fashion, but it is all super fucking just it's all super jank, super fucking ghetto. It's like, hey, here's a camcorder that I got for two hundred bucks off Amazon. I have no lav mic. I'm using the fucking I'm using the, using the onboard mic. Let's go. I kind of like the sounds of this now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it, the thing that kind of uh, the thing that kind of uh, that's confusing me the most, or not confusing me, but is the thing that worth of note for me at least, is 
The series is both episodic and serialized. Okay. Because because there is a there is a single story happening throughout that is developed on each episode, but each episode is but each episode feels largely self-contained. Like the first episode, they go out to this old lady's house who's like, oh, I'm having problems with my fucking TV and stuff. So they go to check the TV. Uh, the second time they come out, the second time they go out there, the TV is broadcasting an image from inside of a room in the house they're in. So they end up finding a secret room with a bunch of like experiments and stuff that the da- that the, that's a woman's dad was doing. And there is a dog. Well, I should say there there is the skeleton of a dog that is still alive strapped up to this fucking machine and what we what we are seeing on the TV was the broadcasting of this dog's eyes oh god yes then the dog's soul gets transferred into the old woman okay and they leave that's the last we see of her and then fucking five episodes later we get the we get a fucking reveal that like the main bad guy of the series was the assistant of the guy who did that dog experiment in that house Okay. And so there is this like building story that's happening with uh with this guy Dr. Toomey, uh, Dr. like I, I think that's the name like Dr. Toomey or something. He's like this ridiculous fucking like Scientology evangelical type dude who's like using a brainwashing scheme to make a bunch of human sacrifices so that he can kill them all during a solar eclipse to go to paradise. Which had something to do with our fucking main character Nick Frost's wife. And then like his like his like fucking trainee is also has this like ridiculous goddamn backstory that had been set up since episode one. And then also there's just a girl there who's just fucking has ghosts around her all the time. And then she ends up becoming involved in everything that's happening, and it is there's a lot happening in the show. But each episode is self-contained and like doesn't really start matching up to or like leading up to anything re- anything revo- um remote like resembling a like cohesive story until like episode 5 of 8. And then when things start clicking together it's like, "Oh, okay, they've been setting that stuff up since." So it it's like a it's like an episodic show that morphs into a serialized show. Probably doing a terrible job explaining this. You you made it sounds interesting. Yeah, like it's not it's not bad. Like it's not it's not like bad at all. It just is. It's weird, I guess. And like it's not it's it's not what you would expect from. Like as I guess, like being a Nick Frost, like Simon Pegg led project, it kind of brings up a certain style of comedy because like those guys kind of like the three flavors Cornetta trilogy or like the blood ice cream trilogy that is a very specific style of comedy that this is not it's a lot slower pace it's a lot more kind of built around characters and I guess those movies are built around characters it's, it's a lot less like gags and just kind of occasionally funny stuff will happen <clears throat> It honestly feels it honestly feels a bit weird describing it as comedy. <laughs> I was like, it's not not funny. It just 
its main purpose is not to be funny. Yeah, I get you. I understand. Yeah. Also, Malcolm McDowell's in it. He ends up he start he starts out as a relatively bit character that ends up developing into a more important character. You know, like like the show is want to do, I guess. But yeah, it's like it's like eight episodes. I think it's up on Prime. Uh, they got a second season, I believe, confirmed. Uh, if you got it, check it out. It's not bad. Uh, last show I have to talk about. Uh, Sweet Home. Alabama? Nope. Just Sweet Home. It's a Korean show based off of a webtoon. Uh, for those that know webtoons, they are a relatively new medium for delivering comics instead of being like manga of or instead of being like manga or comics where it's like pages. This is a like mobile uh, mobile centered format, which is just a massive long image that just has kind of like free floating panels in it. Uh, started getting popularity in Korea in the last couple of years and has been moved over to the States. And it's yeah, based on a based on a uh, webtoon and how to describe it. It's a zombie slash monster apocalypse. Yeah, it's like a zombie slash monster apocalypse thing. All set in an apartment complex. With the way you get infected being your desires. You had me and then you lost me. Yeah, like it like I I've watched most of it. I haven't finished it yet just because I kind of don't want to anymore. <laughs> like it wasn't bad. I just kind of lost steam with it. But the whole the whole thing thing with the show is uh we got our lead character whose name I will look up because I genuinely forgot. Sweet home. Ba-ba-da-ba-da. Yeah, our main character, uh, Hyunsu, he is a he's a like high school student whose family died in a car crash, and then this was after he became a shut in, and then tried to kill himself, then they did it again. He moved into this new apartment building, and at, and as he was moving in, uh, this shit started happening, where people start like getting these ridiculous nosebleeds and then that shows that shows as a sign that you're infected and then whatever you desired in life dictated what kind of monster you became like our first real look at a monster is I guess they call it the gluttony monster there was like a woman who lived like next door to him and she came back and talked to her dog she's like oh god I'm so fucking hungry and then she ate everything in her apartment including her dog and then it comes over to his place like, hey, can you open up? Like, I'm fucking, everything's horrible. I'm bleeding, all this shit. And then she turns into a horrible monster in front of him, runs upstairs to go eat someone else. I'm starving and want to eat you. Yeah, then there was a guy who, like, just in the stairwell, just started going insane about his manager or something and then turned into a massive eyed ear demon. There's a dude who, like wanted brute strength. There was a guy who was balding and wore a hairpiece, and then he became a mound of hair. 
And like the only way to like actually kill these monsters is there is a brief period of time in between them being fully human and them being monster that you can actually kill them. And then our boy, Hyunsu, uh, he lucked out, I guess, and like found a way to maintain his humanity through the transformation and then became like an evolved person and had powers. And they largely, and like the people in the apartment complex did it largely. Involve, did it involve doing a hundred squats, a hundred sit-ups, and a uh, hundred and ten kilometers every day? This is not the kind of show. <laughs> yeah, there are, like, there are a bunch of different uh, fucking manga and webtoons and stuff like this where it is, where it's, oh, we got like monster shit happening around the world, but oh, there's one guy who's able to overcome it because of something, something, something. pretty common yeah one thing i did appreciate about this show though is that they actually like pretty early on they established that other people can do that too that's good yeah like 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 as he was kind of developing his abilities there was another woman who there's a woman who was like fucking insane and her kid got run over by a truck and so then she started carrying around so she started walking around the building with like an empty baby stroller pretending a baby was still in it Fun. You know, just natural apartment stuff. And then that eventually led to her getting infected because she wanted to be with her kid again. But then she was able to hold off on the transformation because other kids in the building needed her help. So she was able to actually get a certain level of powers and fight this fight off a fucking monster. Eventually, she turned into a giant fetus. Because, you know, as one does. Perfectly normal. Yeah. And yeah, it's. It's like a big ensemble show where it's got like a bunch of different. Like kind of main characters doing stuff like the main character honestly feels like a. He serves as a tool for the other characters for most of the show. Like, what a tool. Like the first couple episodes, he is just in his apartment as other people are doing things and things start happening to them. But then he eventually comes out of his apartment. He gets like, like there's one dude in the, in the building who was like a master of making weapons and he builds him like this electrified spear out of like a knife and a car battery. And there's a guy with a katana because of course there is. Just this massive weeb. And he's a Christian, so he's a Christian weeb. The worst kind of weeb, if you ask me. Yeah. Mostly because they shove their beliefs in your in your in their face while Naruto running at you. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he actually straight up did that. I think he actually like I think he actually did at one point go like, Yes, I'm a priest, like if you want to come to Sunday school or whatever. Oh Lord in heaven. Yeah, and there's just an old man living like seven stories up that just is a fucking pyromaniac. I don't know. But yeah. The it, world's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very weird show. And it's like built around this built around this ensemble cast that does a decent enough job with what they're given. It's just it's very written very weird. And it started out interesting enough. It started out like fairly interesting of this like 
this like unknown infection happening within this apartment complex, and then that's kind of spreads out throughout the world. But that just kind of turns into every other. That just kind of turns into every other. We need to survive in zombie land stories. But one guy's magic. It's kind of slowly started losing me after like it initially hooked me fairly hard of just like kind of it, how hard it went into this stuff. But then it just slowly started tapering off of like what I was actually interested in. I don't know, man. It's, it's a, it was a weird show. Uh, and then last thing, watched a movie called Love and Monsters. I have heard of that movie. I don't remember anything about that movie, but I have heard of that movie. Yeah, it's uh, starring Dylan O'Brien uh, from The Maze Runner and The Teen Wolf. Uh, an asteroid hits Earth, causes lizards and insects to grow to like fucking 12 times original size. They start taking over the planet. And everyone moves into these underground bunkers to survive. Uh, Dylan O'Brien's character, he had a girlfriend and she was taken to a different bunker. He eventually reaches her and decides, hey, I'm going to come find you. And then does that. I assume he reaches her by like radio or something. Yes, he reaches her by radio. They have, they have like a two-way radio there that they use to keep in touch with every other station that they can, that, that's like within range. And this selfish, horny teen spends most of his time trying to find his girlfriend. Well, no, actually, he found her pretty early. Oh. Yeah, like the, the I think I think like they've been like underground for like a couple of months, a couple of years now, and he has been like using the radio to like get in touch with other stations, coordinate with them, like do stuff like that, and then also talk to his girlfriend. Because the joke with him is that is that like in his pod, there's an odd number of people, and everyone else is fucking someone. Man, that's a creative joke. Yeah, like he is the only he's the only person not in a relationship with someone in the in the pod, and he is also has a habit of whenever anything bad happens, he locks up. So, if so, while, while when the group needs to say go out to ford, go out to like hunt for food and like forage and scout scrounge for shit, if he were to come across an insect or a monster or anything, he would just lock up and die. So he's not allowed to do that. So he stays back home, makes food, hangs out with a cow. And then he goes out in the world and becomes a fucking man, I guess. He gets a dog. Manly man. Yeah, he meets he meets uh, Michael Rooker playing the Woody Harrelson character from Zombieland. Just that's that's a it's a fucking archetype by now, dude. Just just the southern guy who is fucking awesome at killing shit in the apocalypse. And like the marketing played it off. Like he was a much bigger part of the movie. He's in it for like 10 minutes. That sucks. <laughs> kind of not really, because that's kind of the most boring part. Oh, then good. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the majority of the movie is like Dylan O'Brien, Dylan O'Brien being a, like trying to get across the trying to get across this fucking landscape with his dog. Cause he found a dog along the way. And trying to survive, managing to survive miraculously, becoming a better person and like a more, like a more well-rounded person, 
realizing mm-hmm. his own self-worth and then and like helping people realize what ha- what's happening in the world and trying to make the world a better place with what it is. Like Dylan O'Brien, I he is a he's an actor that I will typically give the benefit of the doubt to in terms of the quality of the things he's in. Despite him be despite him very rarely being in good things. <laughs> like the Maze Runner is not a good franchise. No, it's not. And most of the other stuff he's been in has been middling to not good. But the problem has never been him. He's always been fine. Like he does a very good job of playing the like neurotic comedy character, but like not like a Jesse mm-hmm. Eisenberg style, more like He's neurotic and awkward, but in a way that I find charming and funny. As opposed <laughs> as opposed to everyone else who does that thing, which I just find awkward and not funny. I don't know what he does about it. I don't know what I don't know what it is about him that makes it work, but it works for me with him and basically no one else. Dad's got a crush. Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it's a it's a decent movie. Like it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything groundbreaking. like groundbreaking or anything. It just kind of is, but like the creature design is pretty well done. Uh it's if you liked Zombieland, you'll probably like this. I loved Zombieland, so. Yeah, this is just Zombieland, but not zombies. And a much smaller cast, despite it being a bigger cast. And that, <sighs> I've done this for 10 years. Really? Wouldn't be able to tell. I know, right? Anyway, what do you got, Cave? Oh, well, first thing I want to talk about is uh, Dead's actually going to be able to help me with it because he knows. Hello, cat. <laughs> yes, He's I do know hello, cat. The door. Um, he knows more about the uh, one of the guys behind it than I do. And that is the house on Haunted Hill. Now, now I actually have to preface uh, this by explaining why I watched this movie. So Birdie and I were getting drunk. And I was like, you know, I want to watch one of the greatest haunted house movies ever because you asked me what I thought was the best haunted house in film. And I sat there staring at you for 20 minutes because I couldn't think of anything other than the house from the haunting. (laughs) However, I was drunk and got confused and thought it was the house on Haunted Hill that I wanted to watch. So... We find out that it's available for free on YouTube. (laughs) And we're like, fuck it. Let's watch the greatest haunted house movie ever. And are greeted by Vincent Price. (laughs) And I'm almost immediately like, oh, no. Oh, no. This isn't the one I thought of. This is the bad one. Uh, Dead, could you give us a little bit of the history of who was it that you said was responsible for a lot of the cooler aspects of the film? William Castle. William Castle is an old school filmmaker. Uh, he he like mainly made like you know B horror movies and stuff, and a lot of his movies were not good, but they were commercial successes because he uh, banked it all off of gimmicks. Uh, with the House on Haunted Hill specifically, he built a. Like, like the whole thing was in like the final 
in the end of the movie, like a skeleton was like walking around, walking around the fucking uh, like film, and doing then, skeleton things. Yeah, and then he had in the screen, sorry, in like the film, uh, in, in sorry, in the theater, uh, a fucking skeleton was actually moved around the theater like it was in the movie. It's a very popular gimmick. Uh, yeah, there was um, also he, there was also he also did uh, the Tingler, which just had like vibrating shit and chairs, and he also did the original Thirteen Ghosts, which was just like old school, like cellophane three D glasses, like the red blue glasses. Because original Thirteen Ghosts, you had to wear those to see the ghosts. Yeah, if you don't, and didn't didn't sometimes the ghosts come out into the audience too? That probably. We're not one hundred percent, but probably. Yeah, he did a bunch. You know, he did a bunch of that shit, and that was just how his movies worked. Like he made these low budget kind of shit movies, and then fucking just trick people into going into the theater by just going, "Hey, some shit's gonna happen." Like House on Haunted Hill specifically. Weird shit. Yeah, House on Haunted Hill specifically was said to be filmed in Emergo or Emergo. Didn't they have? Didn't you have to sign a contract or something before going in, saying that you wouldn't spoil the secrets, like the surprises? Uh, n- no. Uh, with the uh, he did he did some something like that. Uh, like he did uh, like with, with his first movie. Um, he mortgaged his house for it, and then he uh, then he offered every single customer who came to see the movie a one thousand dollar life insurance policy in case they die during the film. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, he also had like nurses. It was supposed to be that terrifying. Yeah, he also had nurses in the lobby, and apparently hearses parked outside the theater. Mm-hmm. The man knew how to sell a bad movie. Oh yeah, that was that is entirely why people remember him, and probably why people remember House on Haunted Hill too. So House on Haunted Hill is a haunted house movie. Um, specifically, Vincent Price is our main character. Uh, play, he he is playing Frederick Lauren, a rich motherfucker whose wife is a massive bitch. Um, and he's like, I want to throw a haunted house party. So he invites over a bunch of people. Uh, there's arguments as to whether or not uh, he planned the party or his wife planned the party. It's like it's pretty clear by the end that his wife was the one who did most of the setup. Like, cause the whole thing was a plot for her. And a, and her boyfriend, uh, Doctor Trent, Doctor Trent, to kill her husband so they could get all of his money. Yeah. But Lauren pulls fake double fake on them, uh, gives <laughs> everybody a gun for their protection, as it were, and says, uh, "If you stay in the house all night, and I'm going to cut the power off and lock the doors at midnight." But if you stay all night, I'll give you $10,000 because he wanted plenty of witnesses. Um, yeah, and that was back in 50s money. And he gave them all guns <laughs> uh, for their protection. Yeah, but his wife's gun was filled with blanks. So there's this whole long setup where we get like we get subtle elements of horror. And by <clears throat> subtle elements, I mean as subtle as you can expect out of slot horror. Yeah. And basically we just get, we get, we get like the, this buildup of spookiness up until the moment where finally, like 
the wife shoots uh, shoots the husband and it's like he was coming right for me you know that kind of nonsense yeah um to basically frame herself as the potential victim uh sorry <laughs> bit of a belch uh trying to trap itself in my stomach God, this movie makes um, me gassy yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> but um so then there's this pit of acid where they're like, we'll dispose of the body in it. And they demonstrate how effective the acid is at dissolving bodies by dropping a rat skeleton in it. Cause there's a rat trap nearby for some fucking reason. Hey, it's a big house. Uh, you got rats. That's probably the argument actually. <laughs> like it's not that fucking far fetched for a house to have rats. Yeah. I'm just, it's not my point, Dad. My point <laughs> is they had they just had a rat trap with a dead rat on hand for testing this shit. That's my point. Okay. Well, yeah, you gotta ha- you gotta make sure your rat traps are always are always loaded for whenever you gotta fucking do science. I guess. Gotta be ready to drop a rat into a vat of acid for scientific purposes. Yeah. How point. are you gonna test the fucking capabilities of your acid if you don't got a rat nearby? What are they just going to do? Go to the fucking store and buy your rat? That would be cool. That's what we expect you to do, yeah. I mean, it's the whole point, isn't it? God. Spoiled youth these days wanting the rats provided for. (laughs) Back in my day, we had to get our own dang rats. Back in my day, I had to catch my rat with my teeth. Oh, man. You goddamn young engineer. If James was in here, he'd just be yelling at us. Back in my day... One one day when I was younger than you, I had to walk uphill in a snowstorm both ways to get a rat to drop in a pit of acid. And I liked it. <laughs> yeah, and ever since then, I've had a frostbite fetish. <laughs> what a world. What a world. <laughs> what a world. What a world. <laughs> um, <sighs> but... Uh, so, our our main character then, like, our, not our main character, the wife then fakes her suicide. Oh, I accidentally killed my husband. I can't possibly live with myself. Whoopsie yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Whoopsle, whoopsle. Uh And then terrorizes another woman because she just, like, she's not good at hiding. <laughs> so the other woman keeps seeing her. Like in the like in the distance around the corner and shit, and I'm just like, girl, get better at hiding. Hide <laughs> yourself. It's like you are in a fucking massive mansion. Fucking hide in an armoire. But does she do that? No, she's like, I've got to show up constantly, like terrorizing people. Yeah. At I'm one gonna, point, I'm going to hang out outside your that window. She hung herself up with like wraps around the girl's ankles and I'm still not sure what the fucking point of that scene was because it's like um is it implying that there's an actual ghost or nah, he's doing it for spookums then how did the rope animate itself around her ankles spookums okay we can just accept spookums I guess but no uh it, it's a it it's a fun flick, but it's not good. <laughs> like, 
Like, I was drunk, and we were sitting there critiquing that film so hard. Nice. Because it was bad. Very, very, very bad. Um, For example, like, you can see the strings on the skeleton puppet, and I'm pretty sure up until a certain point, you're not meant to. Yeah, like, because the skeleton, when we say puppet and skeleton around, we mean, like, literally. It's actually, like, it's a, it is eventually revealed. It, it is Dr. Trent's skeleton. And, like, I don't remember how he died. He fell in the acid pit. Oh, yeah, that's right. He fell into the acid pit. That's right. But. I mean, I like, the skeleton. Where did it come from? Oh, if only I knew. Well, I'll be a bit close to the acid pit. I mean, it was implied that there were a bunch of corpses in there, especially in the end when the crazy guy. Oh, by the way, there's a crazy guy. There's a crazy guy who had already been tortured by the house once (laughs) and is just like continually talking about how the house is super evil and is going to kill them all. Oh, yeah, Um, right. Isn't he like the dude doing the intro? Yeah. He's the dude who tells us how evil the house is the whole time. And we're like, okay, buddy, sure. Okay, buddy, sure. Here's a loaded gun. Actually, most, like, if I remember correctly, most of the people just put the guns back because they're like, eh, no. Yeah, just, yeah, this is a good idea. Like, we're spending a night in a haunted house. Give us all guns, yeah. Yeah, we won't be on edge. We won't accidentally kill someone. (sighs) I don't think they gave anyone loaded guns in the remake. I need to see the remake, actually, to see how... It stands up. It doesn't. Oh. <laughs> it is very bad. So it was at about the point when um, the skeleton floats over to Vincent Price <laughs> right before he uh, hands himself over to the authority of the mob uh, that I realized, oh, this is the wrong movie. Wait, you watched and the Bernie entire like, movie? Oh, yeah, we watched the entire movie before I really realized it. Um, Bertie was like, did you want to watch The Haunting? And I was like, that's the one. (laughs) We were fairly drunk at this point. Yeah, I can tell. I was like four drinks in. Bertie was a lot less drunk. He was like a drink in. But I was like four drinks in, so I was having fun. (laughs) But... So... At this point, uh, like we're like, all right, let's find the haunting. And Birdie's like, I've, I own it. I got it on my computer. And I'm like, awesome, load it up. And let's we load up. Do this, boy. We load up a movie that, in my opinion, still stands up. This the the haunting is brilliant. It's well directed. It's well acted. The cinematography is absolutely amazing and the story is one that i'm still sitting here thinking about i am still sitting here asking myself were there ever any ghosts because it's heavily implied that there might not be yeah like the entire thing with that movie is that is is that it is either it's like all told from like one person's perspective of just this woman who may or may not have problems our main character nell 
I'm not going to call her by her real name because it's my wife's name. And then she might come and be like, watch, why'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll have to explain it and she'll be confused. And then the recording will be ruined. Yeah, that'll ruin the recording. Yep. Nothing else. Nothing else. Um, but Nell is our, like, like I said, Nell is our main character. Uh, and she has basically been handed like the rawest deal possible. So up until the beginning of the movie, Nell had been caring for her mother, like on her deathbed and like her mother only recently died. Now Nell has nothing and is forced to live with her overbearing, abusive sister who doesn't let her ha- even use the car that Nell half-owns. Oh, hell yeah, dude. So, it's just, it's a whole lot of mess that she's going through. And... I feel for her. I feel for the girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, um... But, uh, so we've got our mad scientist, uh, let me bring up the IMDb page real quick, uh, Dr. Markway, um, who wants to study, like, horror and the supernatural and shit like that. So he rents the house from the owner and invites a bunch of people to come hang out. And the only ones that actually do are, uh, Nell... Um, a chick named Theo, uh, who in this movie is implied to maybe kind of sort of potentially be a lesbian and in the remake is so heavily bisexual that they may as well have stapled a penis to the front of, uh, the actress who played her. Yeah. Cause the remake, it's, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, right? Yeah. And it's just, like, very heavily implied. Well, not even implied. Very heavily, like, she wants to fuck uh, Nell in the remake. Whereas in this one, it's like, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. We'll leave that to the shippers to decide. And then, uh, like, a little bit later, a guy named Luke shows up. Who I think is supposed to be inheriting the house at some point. But he's supposed to be, like, the voice of reason against the supernatural. Like, there are no ghosts here. You're crazy. It's what the crazy fuck are you talk. talking about? Fucking ghosts? Now that's fucking stupid. What do you think this is? A horror movie. Yeah, You're that's crazy. Stupid. Now go back into your acid pit. <laughs> Who needs a skeleton like you? Get your ass out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I'm renovating. I got to show the place off to a fucking real estate agent. I can't have fucking spooks walking around. Fucking spook him. You're gonna spook him. <laughs> uh, anyone wondering why we're friends? <laughs> we need to we need to we need to write a fucking haunted house story. There's just one guy from Jersey. <laughs> You're trying to scare me? Me? Fuck you! That's how scared I am of you. Fuck you. Yeah. How about you fuck off back to Hoboken, you piece of shit? <laughs> Useless asshole. Yeah, look over here. It's the fucking Staten Island of ghosts. Ooh. Let me fucking tell you something, asshole. You ain't been fucking scared until you fucking bit into a goddamn hot dog and felt something crunchy. 
You always gamble you eating street meat. <sighs> wasn't that bad <laughs> it didn't deserve 30 seconds of silence oh <laughs> uh, but anyway um so this movie is infamous for its ability to make one think because and it is a it is a brilliant film. It is absolutely brilliant. And it is so good that I highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen it go see it now. If you find some way to watch this movie, do so. Take it's not scary anymore. Like honestly, the house on haunted hill was scarier if only for how bad some of the acting is. And an old lady. But this movie, this movie is genuinely thought provoking. I'm not gonna. I, it's not scary anymore. It may have been scary back in the day, but nowadays it's not scary. It's just good, and I I can't recommend it more to people. Doki doke. And that's really all I have to say on the subject. Yeah. If you want to spend an actual, if you want to spend a different kind of night getting drunk, uh, watch the remake. <laughs> I probably will. Yeah, like uh, this movie was like the remake was covered on Nostalgia Critic back when I watched that. And it was like what, kind of the first time that I like like saw like a comparison like that, I guess, between the movies. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was night and day. Like whose hand was I holding? That entire scene was just like cause there's a point in the movie where uh, in the original, I guess, where Nell is like hanging out, like going to bed and she's and she's like in the room with uh, with the person who may or may not be gay. I believe you can correct me. If, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Mm-hmm, good. And she's like she's like starting to freak out. She's like holding someone's hand or like she thinks she is because it's all pitch black and we can't see anything. Then lights come back on. She wakes up and turns out that the person in the room with her was like on the other side of the room, not even close to the bed with her. And she's like, whose hand was I holding? Just freaking the fuck out, trying to figure out what the hell happened. And then in the remake, some ghosts fucking yank her out of the bed like paranormal activity. Then she goes, who hold my hand? And that's it. That The art of subtlety and skill. Look, it's ghosts. It's ghosts. That's got to be ghosts. It's real. It's ghosts. Yeah, look, it's ghosts and also not the original movie. And then Owen Wilson gets his head ripped off by a lion on the end of a pendulum. Yeah, there's one body in the original. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think with the remake was actually parodied for Scary Movie 2. Like I'm pretty sure Scary Movie Two, like the entire like a like the a joke of that, like the like the main parody of that movie was the house was the haunting remake. Yeah, yeah, and they have a scene where a girl gets dragged out of bed and uh, enjoys herself with the ghost. 
very much very not very dis- not too dissimilar from uh how the scene plays out in the uh in the remake where she just yanked across the room yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's not a good movie. I don't recommend the remake to anyone. I recommend the original to everyone. But hey, if you want to make us watch the remake, please don't. You can head over to streamlabs.com slash estofrods and donate five bucks or more. Please don't. If you donate ten bucks or more, you can make us watch a TV show, which is even worse. Please don't. (laughs) Ah, fuck. Speaking of terrible TV... Move on to news. As Titans still exists. And they've announced that, hey, we found our Barbara Gordon. And for some reason, people think this means the show will be good now. Well, Barbara Gordon's a good character, so by proxy. <sighs> right? That's how that works, right? They fucking like there have been good characters in this. Fuck, there have been good actors in this. Like like not even just like characters that are just played poorly. There have been good actors playing good characters in Titans. Titans is still garbage. If you don't believe me, check out any of our commentary tracks. Available now on desktopprods.com and everywhere podcasts are available. We, myself, Bertie and Nico at the Comics Podcast, we have covered both seasons of Titans. And, like, you can fucking hear us talk about it. Like, fucking, in season two of Titans, they introduce Connor Kent, Superboy. And his actor does a fine job. Like, they wrote the character relatively well. That season still fucking sucks ass. It also didn't help that, like, that episode... Like, that episode happened, and then the episode right after is the worst episode of the show, and thus the best episode of the show. Okay. Because the episode right after that, like, like, like that one episode, it had none of the Titans in it. It was all just, hey, here's Superboy. Let him do his shit. And it was great. It was actually really fucking good. Like, I'm not fucking, I'm not trying to, I hate Titans. This was a good episode of TV. <laughs> And then the next episode, uh, Dick Grayson goes kind of insane and has a hallucinatory like relationship with a fake Bruce Wayne who does the Bat-Tusi. So the best Batman. Uh, no, because it was still uh, the guy from Game of Thrones. Because they brought if him a guy from Game of Thrones to play Bruce Wayne. He's the, if he's doing the Bat-Tusi, he is the best Batman. Because only the best Batman do the Bat-Tusi. You wouldn't say that if you saw him. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to take your word for it because I'm not watching that shit. Yes, don't. (laughs) But if you do, watch it with our commentary tracks. Eh, sounds like effort. I meant to them out there. Still sounds like effort. Anyway, yeah, so uh, (laughs) Variety is reporting that uh, Savannah Welch of History Channel's 6, as well as Boyhood, is going to be in season three of Titans coming to HBO Max at some point. Uh, of note, uh, she is an amputee having lost one of her legs in 2016. 
Which is important, because if you know Barbara Gordon, she ends up in a wheelchair. I... Okay. So much should have happened to Barbara Gordon. Yeah, she it's really been she's gotten a very raw deal. Like both as a character in terms of in world and both as a character in terms of being written. Yeah. Like not too long ago. Uh during the transition into what me, Bertie, and Nico refer to as Neo Batgirl. Uh literally everything she owned got burnt to ashes. <laughs> And this was after a fairly successful year where she got into a relatively healthy relationship, had a decent roommate who was like super cool to her and like was a really good part of stability and where she decided that where she made a deal where she would end up working for like a fucking secret spy organization. Then all that was forgotten. Every character involved in that story was ejected and then she had to go to college again. And Batgirl's kind of never recovered. Like, if you like the Neo Batgirl stuff, like the like everything after the new Fifty Two, sure, go go nuts. I I don't. Uh, and then other DC TV news. Uh, we got a actual for real trailer for the new Superman and Lois TV show coming to CW. It looks good and weird because it looks like Man of Steel. Oh no! Like the, tra- the trailer dropped, and just immediately, like I'm looking at the fucking looking at the YouTube thumbnail image, and it is they're standing in front of like the Smallville barn, and I'm pretty sure he's wearing a red shirt, but I can't tell because it looks gray from the color from like the color correction on it. Yeah, I, it's the new show coming in February. It's just it's Tyler Hooklin Hick 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 Hook Hook. Yeah, and uh, Bitsy Tulloch. Uh, she was in Grimm. He was in Teen Wolf. As they are Clark and Lois from the CW shows. And yeah, so they like this is this is taking place after Crisis, so things are weird. Uh, they both lost their jobs at the Daily Planet. They're no longer living in Metropolis. They are back in Smallville. And they have two teenage sons. Also, the Kents are dead. But that is par for the course now. You're apparently not allowed to have a live Kents on TV. Or movies anymore. Because that would mean having family and potentially being happy. I don't know. It all looks very odd, but I still do. I, I'm still kind of looking forward to this show. It looks neat. Like I like I like both these character. I like both these actors as these characters. They do a really great job capturing kind of what Clark and Lois are, and seeing those characters. You know something that shocks me now that I think about it. What's that? They've never fridged Lois. No. They've implied they've had it happen in other universes, 
But they've never had main Earth Lois get killed by a villain to try and, like, actually drive Superman to develop as a character. They have not. Huh. Interesting thought. Yeah, a cool. little bit. Uh, and yeah, then, uh, lastly, hey, guess what? COVID happened. And a bunch of movies got pushed back. Uh, for example, uh, The Kingsman, sorry, The King's Man, uh, which was really set to come out uh, March 12th this year, uh, has been pushed back to August 20th. Uh, that is the prequel to the Kingsman Secret Service movies. There was a Bob's Burger movie coming out. That's just, that's just been removed entirely. Yay! Uh, Guillermo del Toro's new movie, Nightmare Alley, got pushed, uh, got announced for an actual release date. Uh, they also pushed back. Uh, da, da, da. They also pushed back the Uncharted movie. Yay! Feel like an asshole for sharing these. Yeah, it was originally but. set. It originally came out uh, July this year. Is now pushed back to. Uh, f- or, or maybe, I don't know, mid July sometime. It was now pushed back to February eleventh, twenty twenty two. Good. The Ghostbusters film, the new Ghostbusters film Afterlife, was delayed until J- November eleventh. And then Morbius still exists. Fuck is Morbius? Uh, It is the Jared Leto, but he's a vampire movie. Based off of the Marvel character, Michael Morbius, the living vampire. So is this a Marvel movie or? It's a Sony movie. Oh, no. Yes. It was originally set to come out on October 8th. But then the James Bond movie No Time to Die got pushed back to that date, so it got pushed back to January next year. And this is after a earlier push where they moved it from March to October. They did that earlier this month. And also there's a Cinderella movie starring Camila Cabello. What? Uh, yeah. There's a Cinderella movie coming out that apparently had already been announced, but has since been delayed. And yeah, it's starring pop singer Camila Cabello. Okay. (sighs) I'm not sure whether or not I want this show to actually come out yet. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We are back to doing podcasts again. Uh, hopefully, things all work out. If not, you're kind of used to it by now, aren't you? Yeah. But we got games coming out next week. Uh, we got a new X and Y coming out soon uh, for the show You. Uh, I enjoyed what I watched of the show Caveman has not seen any of it Yep, I tried to go into those blind So that all of my reactions are as realistic as possible Yep, and then we also have uh, Some comic stuff coming out in February We got all kinds of shit coming We're we're back in in the swing of things And I have made it a goal of mine To be better about doing things But Until then, I'm dead And I'm Cave We will see you guys next time 
goodbye. Have a wonderful time.